Let's go to our special guest. I'm on the phone with uh, HUD Administrator, Regional Administrator, Miss Lynn Patton. Uh, Miss Patton is uh, our, our HUD person, a New York City Housing Authority uh, in that region, the Northeastern region, and she has been spending nights with uh, people, um, uh, public housing residents, over the last three weeks, I believe, Miss Patton. Yes, Shelley. Thank you, and thank you for having me. And I want to apologize to your audience for. Uh, you know, um, uh, the, the scheduling mix-ups, um, I know I was supposed to call in a couple weeks ago, but I think this uh, mix-up has actually worked out to your favor. In fact, it's very, very much worked out to my favor. But I do, I think <laughs> one of the important things, and, 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 and we'll get to all of the stuff that's happening currently in the news, but I want to talk about the, the New York City public housing information because that ties into the name-calling that's going on with you now. Like, you're... You're sleeping with public housing residents of all shapes, of all, I mean, all stripes, all races, all genders. Tell us about that. Well, look, Shelley, um, the New York City Public Housing Authority is actually the largest housing authority in the Western Hemisphere, not just North America, the Western Hemisphere. Um, More people live in New York City public housing than the entire city of Miami. And when I say that, it's hard for people to wrap their head around the fact that one in every ten people that you see on the sidewalk in New York City lives in public housing. And last year, about 83% of them right here in America went without heat or hot water um, due to uh, just a failing infrastructure, um, you know, uh, old boilers. um, It's, it's, uh, um, you know, just uh, uh, mismanaged uh, leadership, and, uh, and unfortunately, a, a culture of deception where we've seen money be abused that's supposed to be going towards repairs there. Speak so about that. How to much me, it they... was important to move in and, and draw attention to what's no doubt a humanitarian crisis. Go now, ahead. What, what, is the, what is the amount of money that the, the federal government gives to just the New York City Housing Authority? Well, you know, right now the Trump administration actually increased the amount of money this year by 52%. We give about $30 million per week to the New York City Housing Authority just for repairs and operations. That does not include uh, the money we give to them for Section 8 vouchers wow. and other um, programs. This is just for operation and, um, and repairs. And so what Secretary Carson has done is he has... Um, really gotten sick of it. He's appointed what's called a federal monitor so that um, who's on the ground now, and I've been working with him every day, uh, to make sure that, you know, taxpayer money is being used efficiently and effectively so that the repairs actually get made for these long-suffering residents. You know, Shelley, I met a guy last week um, in the property I was living in, 82 years old, elderly black man, has not had a working shower in over two years. He's That's been crazy. bathing in his sink, That's bathing crazy. in his sink, standing up. Um, it's unacceptable. I refuse to leave until his, until his shower was repaired. And that's the thing. Every time I ever visit one of these properties over the last two years, they clean it up, the elevator's working, the trash gets picked up, the walls get painted. So I said to myself, could you imagine if I lived there, like what kind of repairs would be happening? Right. And they're doing it. They're doing it. So, you know, residents say that whenever I stay at one of their buildings, 
They've never seen NYCHA come and polish the floors before. They've mm-hmm. never seen stairwells that don't smell, smell like, like urine. urine. Um, exactly. Exactly. Right. So why can't they do this all the time? Is now, the now, so here's my thing. Why isn't this the talking point? Now, now, we know, let me refresh my audience's memory, because this is, to me, what I've been using to defend you for the last four or five days. Miss um, <laughs> Patton is the um, HUD administrator that Mark, Representative Mark Meadows um, had standing up as, as as someone who was able who was able to speak personally and professionally about Don, President Trump not being a racist, and so we right. I, we talk about it all the time. But Miss Patton has been there. You have been called. Correct me if I'm wrong. A member of the family. Oh well, thank you. Right? Um, am, I, am I right you, or wrong? Uh, of course you are, yeah. and I think you know some people might even remember a video I made in 2015 Absolutely. when he first announced his presidency that went viral on YouTube. Um, you know, I would not defend somebody who I knew to be a racist. There's no amount of money in the world. I could go out and write a seven-figure uh, book right now if right, I needed money. Was that a jab at somebody personally? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd probably make more money than she would. But, right. you know, uh, what I want to say is that um, – you know, I want to tell your audience, first of all, I do apologize if anybody was offended, but I was never there to represent my entire race. I was there to represent one man who I know, <clears throat> the President of the United States. And here's the thing. I think, uh, you know, sadly what we've all seen the last week is the classic double standard that a lot of black conservatives face every day. Yes, we do. I was attacked because I dare to defy the liberal narrative of what a black woman should be and who they should vote for. And what I said yesterday on Fox was, God forbid an educated, independent black woman was in that room on her own merit and actually had an established opinion based on experience. Right. Um, you know, uh, and, and the only prop, you know, Shelley, in my opinion, who was in that room was Michael Cohen being used by the Democratic Party because... What I said to the congressman from Michigan, and she actually ended up apologizing to me, by the way. Why why don't we see that, though? I want to see that apology. You know, they won't run with that apology. Well, I tweeted it out, and it's funny because of all the tweets I've tweeted, it's gotten, like, the least amount of (laughs) likes. Of course it has. You know, (laughs) um, and a lot of people didn't, and the the media did not report it. Right. But basically what happened was I said to her, you know, I have a question for the congressman from Michigan. Um, you know, why does she take the word of a self-confessed perjurer and con- convicted, criminally convicted white man over the word of a highly educated black woman who rose up the ranks of the Trump organization from assistant to vice president, who then spoke before 25 million people at the Republican National Convention, who now works for one of the most accomplished administrations in history, certainly one of the most accomplished when it comes to uh, minority and women um, achievements. And I want to say to your audience, you know, not only has Mr. Trump given $32 million more than the last administration to historically black colleges and universities, he's given the largest federal disaster grant in history to uh, Puerto Rico. He's uh, passed the most comprehensive prison reform bill in over three decades. And those aren't my words. That's that's Van Jones from CNN. That's his opinion. Absolutely. Um, you know, he also 
um, designated slain civil rights leader Medgar Evers home, a historic site. He's nominated the first black female brigadier to brigadier general. Um, so you this know, the, what your point is that there's plenty of evidence that Mr. Trump, President oh. Trump, excuse me, is not a racist. So, but don't you think it's this is the question I have, and I've had this for a lot of people they cannot answer. Don't you think it's racist in and of itself to say that you, as a black woman, that you're standing there because you're just a token? Yes. Isn't that racist? Absolutely, because one of the things, Shelley, I was not just there to push back against a race narrative. I went there because I know Michael Cohen. I've known him for 15 years. I knew him before I even knew the Trump family, and he's the one who actually introduced me to the That's Trump That's what I'm family. hearing, yep. Got my job, um, you know, so I know this man probably better than anybody at the Trump organization. So I was there to let, you know, Mark Meadows and, uh, and other, um, you know, uh, uh, congressmen know what to push back on and when, when he was lying, what I knew to be true. And quite frankly, Shelley, what we saw was a man who actually perjured himself again. Several times, again, yes. Uh, yes, which we are bringing, you know, I think uh, a lot of congressmen already filed uh, charges to uh, have that investigated again, because he told me with his own mouth that he wanted to be um, Mr. Trump's chief of staff right. after the election. Um, he would then, when he knew that Reince Priebus was coming in, he then lobbied to be um, chief counsel. Um, you know, it, it was very obvious that the folks in the position of power, did not want Michael coming you, to Washington wh- with the president for wh- obvious reasons. Why? Do you think now? That's what I want to ask you. Did they know then that he was a sleaze bag? And and, and if Absolutely. they did know, if they did know then, did did Mr. Trump like him because he was a sleaze bag? You know, Mr. Trump is an extremely forgiving and fair person. Gotcha. Um, one of the reasons why I'm so passionately defending him is because he forgave me. Right. I got caught using drugs in 2012 while I was employed by this man. Um, he not only uh, gave me a second chance, but um, he also insisted that I get professional help, which I did, which he supported me all throughout. Um, and, you know, the family said, if you were not a sister to us, we would have fired you. Right. Um you know, and so it, it's tough when you see people Racists don't do you know, that. coming down on him the way you right. have. And I said this before, Mr. Trump does not see color and race and sex and religion the way we do. Shelley, I know it sounds crazy. Right, right, I understand. And this is what makes people uncomfortable. But what he sees is success and failure. Absolutely. And whether that manifests, whether that success or failure manifests as a person, place, policy, country, neighborhood, um, television show, restaurant. Right. I mean, he really makes no um, different. Uh, he makes no distinction. And that's what makes people uncomfortable. Right. You know, most people don't judge a restaurant and a person the same way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, you're right. So he either sees them as bad or good. Exactly. You know what right. I mean? Exactly right. And so he does not hold any punches. And so when he says, a country is a quote-unquote crap hole, right. what he means is that that country has failed its citizens. That exactly country right. has, has not delivered for its citizens. It's impoverished. It's, um, it's, it's marred with, with, um, with uh, coups and, and a corrupt government. That's what he means, that he sees the country as a failure. It has nothing to do with the race 
or the predominant race of that country. All it has to do with is the fact that leadership in that country has failed their people and and failed their people. Exactly. Last question I have, because I've got. And by the way, he's right. Of course, he's right. Uh, The same thing with cities, the same thing with municipalities, it's the same thing with counties, Um, Mm -hmm. whether it's Republican run or Democrat run, black or white run. If you're failing the citizens of that area, you're a bad place. Well, um, that's right. And so when I was sleeping in um, New York City public housing, he saw me on TV and ended up calling and saying, Lynn, I want to know more about New York City public housing. Why are the conditions as bad as they are? Um, for the money we give. Not right. only does he want to protect the taxpayer, but he wants to make sure the residents are getting the repairs that they absolutely. need. Absolutely. What can the one thing that you can see, that you see, 2020 is coming around. I think that CPAC speech, I was there for it live. It was two hours plus long. I think it was the launch of the 2020 <laughs> campaign. What do you see as the key to winning re-election, which we all want to ha- have happen? Thank you, Shelley. What I see as the key is just... Um, First of all, being himself. Um, secondly, you know, putting an end to this, uh, you know, uh, collusion investigation. It's, it's like he said, a complete delusion. Look, Shelley, I was there. If there was any sort of uh, cooperation with the Russian government, I would have known because I sat in almost every high-level campaign meeting. I saw uh, every paper right. cross my desk at some point, and I, I also. Saw every was copied on almost every email. There's no way I was there when the meeting went down with with John Jr. and then that woman who purported to um, want to talk about a, uh, right. adoption. Right. You know, um, she was a spy sent in by the Democrats. Thank you. Thank you. And and it's just silly. It's just silly. You know, she lost because she ran a horrible campaign and and had a horrible history of, of, of questionable activity. And and he you know, the American people clearly wanted somebody who was not uh, politics as usual, who right. brought business will that... and um, common sense to Washington, D.C. Do you think that run, that wins again? I know it does. I know, um, it, does I know it does. And what I want to say is I don't judge. Uh, I don't go by the polls. Folks, do not go by the polls. Do not go by the media. Do not go by what you read on social media. What you do is you go by crowd size. Because <laughs> let me tell you something. When we were on the campaign, we would be in Pennsylvania, and we would get off the stage, and he would say to me, Lynn, did you see how there's 30,000 people at this rally? There's 5,000 people in the parking lot who can't even get in, right. who stayed just to like, hear him you know, over the speakers. And he'd say, I don't understand why I'm three points down in the state, or five points, or whatever the poll was saying. And you know, we'd go back to our, our hotel, and we'd turn on the news like every other American, and we'd see how horrible he was doing in Pennsylvania. And it just it was all lies, all, all lies. lies, you know. Um, Lynn Patton. you got to believe your own eyes. Lynn Patton, Region 3 HUD administrator, also Thank in the you. news. God bless you, <laughs> sister. You have a home here on the Shelly Winter Show um, for Thank as long you, as Shelley. we're here. I'd love to come back anytime. Absolutely. God bless you. And keep up the great work and, and keep sleeping, staying with those residents of New York City public housing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We're going to change the conditions for them. Absolutely. God bless you, sister. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.